0: happy Easter to you all. I hope so far has been a good day. If you were here yesterday then I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone in the church who came out and helped in whatever way that was because it was a tremendous event and a lot of effort was put in by a lot of people and we want to say thank you especially those who made it all work so well to William and all his team so thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you. Obviously, the title for that was A Marvelous Easter because we were connecting things with the Marvel comics. And I don't know whether you have actually read the Marvel comics, perhaps not read the comics, but you probably have seen one of the movies of the Marvel series because there's been lots of them around. And the general storyline of those is quite simple, really. You get an evil character who comes along and he's trying to gain control of an area or a people, And through various wicked and evil means, he's trying to come against them, bringing destruction. But then one of our comic heroes arises and fights against this evil and they win. And praise God, there is a triumph in the end as good conquers evil and the city or the people are brought to peace. And so that is what happens. So for instance, with Spider-Man, many of you, perhaps Spider-Man is your hero we have a teenager. Well, there is for one, uh, but I think we might have guessed that Mark might have said that. Uh, <laughs> spider Man, here's a, a teenager who is bitten, I think, by a radioactive spider. And he, of course, gets superpowers. Uh, sort of superpowers that perhaps we might want to have, especially if you're late for a train, just shooting down the street and grabbing onto the uh, lamppost with your spider's web as he does. This super strength that he has. He overcomes, and he brings peace to his city, and he helps his community, and people are very happy. Or perhaps it's not Spider-Man that's your character, perhaps it's Captain America. So here's this guy, Steve Rogers is actually his name. He was too short to be enlisted in the U.S. Army. So there was sadness for him, but he received a top-secret serum And that serum enabled him to become a super soldier. And so we see this man dressed in red, white and blue. He's got stars and stripes on his super shield. And with that shield, he can send back those vicious laser rays that are attacking him. And he can triumph. And Captain America, again, is one of these great characters. But the interesting thing is the source of these stories isn't just a comic book. The source of these stories really is the Bible. Because in the Bible, we read about evil coming along. And we read about God triumphing over evil. And so that is really where the whole essence of these comic book stories, that we might, many people might know them, but they may not actually know the Bible. The story of the Bible, everything begins with God creating all things. Everything is made by Him and for Him, is what the Bible says. And you know, it's great because He creates the land, He creates the sun, the moon, the stars, all of these wonderful things. And as the days of creation goes by, God declares, this is good. And yet, when the Bible comes to the pinnacle of His creation, which is mankind Himself, then God actually declares over mankind, this isn't just good, this is very good. And so right at the beginning of the Bible, creation is made, man is made, and God is saying, everything, everything is good. That's the foundation of the Bible, that's the beginning of the Bible. But as you're going through the Bible, and the first book is Genesis, I've just talked to you about Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. By the time we get to chapter 3, then we have the story of the entry of evil. And there we read of Satan tempting Adam and Eve to mistrust God and to disobey God. And as they do disobey God, we read of sin entering into the human heart, And a whole of the human race. And you know it's only a few more chapters on when we get to chapter 6 of Genesis. That we read this scripture. Genesis 6 verse 5 and it said this. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. We would started at the beginning with everything being good. And here, by chapter 6 of Genesis, we've got this statement over mankind that everything is evil, what they're thinking, what they're doing, everything is evil. How much corruption there has been. Well, we could say that, well, of course, that's in those days of the Bible, referring to a time that is way, way back as far as we are concerned. But let us ask a question of ourselves today. Do we still see evil at work in our society? Now even if you might not wish to shout out the answer, I'll answer it for you. Because the answer is regretfully, yes we do. We are all aware of the fact that in our society there's examples of lying, of cheating, deception, murder, stealing, abuse, violence, hatred, selfishness, sexual immorality, drunkenness. I could go on and on. But you only have to look at the news every morning and you're seeing examples of these things It's true to say that in our society today, we experience evil, we experience sin in the life of our society. So the answer is, yes, there is still evil at work in our society today. However, I think that when we're talking about these things, most of us would prefer to say of ourselves, well, of course, I just make a few mistakes. Not necessarily sin. I I make the odd mistake. And sometimes my life needs a little bit of correction. So we'd rather think of it in those times than actually own up to saying that there is wickedness that actually can pass through our lives from time to time because that tends to paint a picture of us that we are not happy with. We don't like to think of ourselves as being evil or sinful or wicked people. We like to think of ourselves as being basically we're good. Yeah, we have the minor, minor interruption and problem, but basically we're a good people. That's what we like to think about. Of ourselves. But what is sin? Let's just come to an understanding of what the Bible says that sin is. 1 John 3, verse 4 says this Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. So basically, we have this understanding of what the Bible is teaching. And that is to say that sin, this word that society these days doesn't really like to use, but this word sin, it means this, that we're not doing what God has asked us to do. He set out laws and decrees and he said, this is the best way for people to live by. So if they live this way, then everything's going to be fine. But not living that way, not doing what God has asked to do, that is breaking his law. That is what the Bible describes as sin. So to see sin, and do we see sin? Well, have a look around you. As I've already said, in our society, then we see sin. It's more particularly easy to see sin in others than it is necessarily to see it in ourselves. We don't always like to look at ourselves as I've said, but when we look at others, oh my goodness, look at the people in your office, your neighbors, some of your friends, some of the things they do. Some of your so-called friends are the way that they have treated you. Certainly, Mr. Horrid in the office, he's one example that we could look at. Or Mrs. Horrid in the office, who knows? When we look at other people, we see them saying things, judging things, keeping hold of things rather selfishly, perhaps covering up the truth because they're too embarrassed to actually admit what the truth is. We notice sin in other people probably more than we see it in ourselves. And even the Bible says this. The Bible says that the acts of the sinful nature, they are obvious. In other words, look, we can look around and we can see it. Even if we don't want to admit to it of what's going on in our lives, we can see it in our society around us. We can see it in other people. We can see it in our husband or wife or our children sometimes more easily than we can see it in ourselves. But the truth is, sin is obvious. And each one of us has seen it. But there's more challenging news for us. Romans 3 verse 23. A famous scripture in the Bible says this. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. When I mentioned his laws, his decrees. Those are his standards. And every single one of us. Has fallen short. We haven't kept those standards. In the way that God wanted us to. So you see the effect of this problem. Is that sin affects every single person. It affects us all. However here's the good news. The situation is worse than what I've just told you. (laughs) Isaiah 13 verse 11 tells us this. I the Lord. Will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I the Lord will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. So our problem if you like is this not only has everyone broken God's law and therefore sinned but God himself has said he is going to punish that sin. You know when I see a Marvel film and because of this I have had to watch a couple of Marvel films And I have to say that some of them were quite long, watching it late at night. Yes, I did fall asleep for periods of time during that. But I managed to get up with the story just about. And on the film, you notice the evil character or how this is coming in. Particularly, I was watching the Avengers uh, films. So you see the group of superheroes coming against evil. But you see evil triumphing. And rising up. But somehow, as I was sitting on the sofa watching this, I'm still thinking, Yeah, but the superheroes are going to win. It's only a story. It's okay. And there was something about it. Even watching a film and seeing the darkness, as it were, rising in the villain. You sort of thought, like, okay, well, it's going to be okay in the end. It's all going to be fixed. That's what I was thinking when I was watching the film. And I think that general feeling is also true of us in society today. We may be aware of the fact that there is sin around. We can see sin in other people, but do you know what? We can see it sometimes in ourselves and we don't like it. We certainly don't like what we see in others. But hey, it's going to be all right in the end, isn't it? It doesn't really matter. That tends to be a position that we come to. But the Bible, unfortunately, wants to point out to us that things really are. In a bad way for us. Jeremiah 6, verses 14 to 15 is what it says. It says this: It says, They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No. They have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them. Now I know when we come to church we want to be lifted up. Especially on an Easter Sunday when we are believing in the resurrection of Jesus. But hang on a second. The problem of sin isn't a minor ailment that you can go to a chemist and get an over the counter ointment to put it right. Sin is a sickness that leads to certain death. And we need to face the facts of what it is, to understand that it is in our society, that it's in us, and we need to find a way that we can get free from it. If there is no real understanding for any of us of the seriousness ...of sin and the predicament that we are in... ...then we're not going to be bothered to look for a solution. Why do I need a solution? It's all going to be fine. However, when we understand the seriousness of sin... ...we understand the extent of sin... ...and we understand that God is going to punish sin... ...then we realize that we are in a problem. And if you realize the extent of the seriousness of the issue... ...then you are ready to hear of the wonder... Of the salvation that is on offer for each one of us. And for what God has done. The Bible says this. Well not these exact words. But this is what it is telling us. It tells us that God has acted. In the midst of the scene that I have placed before us. The good news is that God has acted. John 3 verses 16 and 17. It says this. For God so loved "...the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life." And it goes on to say, "...for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world." He's not interested just in bringing condemnation. That's not what he came for. He came to save the world." through him. God has acted and he acted when we were completely helpless. Romans 5 verses 6 to 8. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. How has God acted? He has reached out to each one of us with His love. That is how He has acted. While we were still sinners, That is while we were still breaking God's laws and commands. Still disobeying what He wanted to do. Still rebelling against Him. Still living a life that is opposed to the life that God wanted us to live. When we were still in that situation, God sent His Son Jesus into the world as a human being to live a sinless life. And He allowed His Son to demonstrate everything that God is like through the signs and wonders and works that He did. But even though he did so much good on the earth, Jesus Christ had to go to the cross to bear the punishment of sin for every person that has ever been created. He was crucified on the cross. He bled and he died to take away my punishment, to take away our punishment. That is why he went to the cross. The punishment that I deserve, that you deserve, because of the sin that we have committed. Jesus went to that cross to take that punishment upon himself. And on the cross, Jesus died. He was taken down from the cross, dead. He was wrapped in burial clothes. He was laid in a tomb. And across the doorway of the tomb, a heavy stone was put in place. And he was left there. And there was sadness at the loss of this man. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead. The stone was rolled away and Jesus took off the grave clothes and He left that tomb because He had risen again from the dead showing that the power of sin could not hold Him. Death could not hold Him. They have no authority over Him because He had completely defeated those powers through His work on the cross. He rose again showing His victory, as I say, over sin and death And declaring that anyone, that anyone, whosoever puts their faith in him. They can know forgiveness for the sins that they have committed. And they can receive God's power to live life God's way from then on. And that is what Easter is all about. I know there's lots of chocolate I know we've been doing stories of marvelous Easter and all that sort of thing. Superheroes. But it's all about our superhero, Jesus Christ. The greatest superhero who came to release us from the captivity of sin. Of course this celebration takes place at springtime. And so all the association of spring, flowers, bunnies... I'm not quite sure where the chocolate comes from originally, but chocolate comes in. All of that association with Easter, which is great to enjoy as a holiday. But why do we celebrate Easter? We celebrate Easter because Jesus Christ came to forgive sinners and to give them new life. That we can find forgiveness and peace. Peace so that we can live life differently forgiveness so that we can go to be with Jesus when he returns again to take us with himself we truly have a hero in Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us you know for the Jews this is Passover time that's the reason why we have this festival and although it moves around that's because of the phases of the moon and how the Jewish Passover festival is organized and for Jews They remember Passover because that is the time when, as in their history, that they put the blood on the door when they were in Egypt. They put the blood of a lamb on the doorframe of their house. So when the angel of death came over to bring death upon the firstborn of Egypt, every house that had blood on it, the angel would pass over and nobody in that household would be affected by the death of the firstborn. That happened. In their history. And what happened to Egypt is that Egypt that was holding this nation captive. At that point they said we have had enough. You Israelites you are free to go. And they escaped. And that is their great escape from the captivity of the Egypt. And they now knew the freedom. And from that point they were taken on as a nation to find their promised land. That's the Jewish history. But that story of course talks to us of exactly what Jesus did. And he came at that time to demonstrate that he was the lamb that was slain. So that when the angel of death comes over, everybody who has put their trust in him can know freedom from their sin and new life in him. That is for the Jews, but it comes alive in Jesus. And for us... As we look to this Easter, we're believing of what Jesus has done. If we do not understand the corruption of sin, we will not understand the glory of what Christ has done. But if you are sitting here this morning, and in your heart you want to know forgiveness of your sins. You want to have a life that is right before God. You want to know His peace and His presence in your life. Then today is a day of salvation. Because it is the day when Jesus came and when we remember that he didn't just come and die. He rose again showing that he has power and authority over those things. And the ability to lead us into a new life. So we have a hero. A superhero in Jesus Christ. Who has loved us and has reached out of heaven to rescue us. So let's make sure that we give ourselves to Him, that we find forgiveness of all of our sins and that we gain strength from Him so that we might live life His way and make this truly a marvellous Easter. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com